who would have guessed just a few months ago that Eric Ten Hag would soon be hailed as the saviour of Manchester United. The Red Devils picked up the EFL Cup yesterday and are currently sitting third on the Premiership table to boot. It's not all Red Roses for the rest of the competition though as Chelsea continue to struggle in spite of their heavy spending in January to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly in English football as broadcaster Robert Sills. Rob, a big good morning to you. I know it's probably evening over there in the UK. How you doing, mate? Good morning. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. I'm all good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. There's plenty going on in the EFL, in the EPL with football over in the UK. Well, Chelsea, they're in a dire need of something. Money can't even buy them all in at the moment. But let's talk some positive because I'm a Manchester United fan. Eric Ten Hag, indeed, the saviour Manchester United fans have been waiting for. What do you, what do you put the sudden turnaround to? Oh, well, he's been absolutely fantastic since he's come in. I think before he before he came in, United did look like a very, very much a struggling team. Um, and I think bringing him in from Ajax has been a, a really, really good appointment from them. He's instilled confidence. He's got them playing a very attractive brand of football. Uh, Marcus Rashford firing on all cylinders at the moment. Looks like almost one of the best players. I think you could call him one of the best players in the world at the moment based on uh, current form. Um, and the, the players that he's brought in with him, Lissandro Martinez, he brought Casemiro in from Real Madrid, who, again, both of them have been absolutely phenomenal for, for United in the last few weeks. Um, Casemiro, mind, is 30 years old. A lot of people sort of laughed at him when, when he signed, considering the transfer fee. But, cool, what a signing he's been. Um, United are like a completely different team under Ten Hag. And, um, again, winning the Carabao Cup and looking ahead, they'll be very excited to see how the rest of the season plays out. Marcus Rashford, like the sudden turn in his form, he has been carrying that Manchester United team on his back, scoring goals like you've alluded to. You kind of pinpoint it to something, and a lot of focus has been on Cristiano Ronaldo's departure, which has allowed Manchester United in the in the environment to, to flourish. Is, is that the case for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you've got somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo in that team, everyone looks up to him. Everyone sort of is almost scared to tread on toes. They don't want to upset him. Um, he, of course, always wants to be the main man. He wants to be the headline writer. Um, so in that sense, him him disappearing sort of unlocks a few United players, takes the shackles off a little bit. And I think you've certainly seen that in, in certain players. And Marcus Rashford is, of course, the the notable name that you'd put that down to his his confidence, his ability is all shining through now and he does it like an absolute world beater. Um, the same can be said for people like Bruno Fernandes um, and the other wide players as well. Garnacho coming through, almost took a space of Ronaldo um, on that left-hand side or in the attacking line. Um, and United just look like a, so much freer going forward. They look like such a more dangerous attacking team and uh, are reaping the rewards. Hey, Rob, I saw Tenog doing the uh, salsa on the sidelines with a couple of players. Do you think he, he targeted yeah. targeted the Carabao Cup um, so that he could get some trophies in the cabinet? Oh, absolutely. I think any trophy for any trophy for any club is important um, for, for Manchester United and Eric Ten Hag. Um, the League Cup's a perfect place to start. It was the first trophy that he had available to him to win. Um, so to come in and win that is only going to do him only going to do in positives it's only going to continue to help him work wonders in the confidence in that squad that now they've got one trophy under their belt the, the confidence that will give them um is huge especially in the same week as they knocked barcelona out of the europa league um 
but sort of looking forward, I think in Europe's top five leagues, United might only be or be the only team left that can win a quadruple um, with the Premier League, the FA Cup and Europa League all still going. Um, so to pick up a trophy early on in the season when they're still chasing a Premier League title as well, it's it's huge. Yeah, well, when you look to, to next season, you've seen what Man- uh, Chelsea have done in the off-season. They've spent up large. Is there someone in mind that, that Manchester and Eric Ten Hag will be targeting? More players that can bring a really winning culture into into the team like Casemiro has? Oh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting question, to be fair. I think um, one thing that United fans will certainly say they need is a, is a centre-forward. Um, they've got a lot of players that can play a number 10 role in behind the striker. They've got plenty of wingers, Rashford, Anthony, um, Garnacho, like I mentioned earlier. So I think uh, a leading number nine to sort of fill the role that Ronaldo left. They brought in Walt Weghorst on loan, again, which you look at as sort of a bit of a desperate signing just because nobody else would come no one they couldn't really bring anyone else in um but one player that does spring to mind that i think would be a perfect fit um at manchester united is victor victor ozimen of napoli is in absolute tremendous form for them they're running away with the italian league at the moment um and he's a he's again he i think he'd fit the united system perfectly he's big he's strong he can hold the ball up but then he's also got that pace that ability, and the, the 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 clinicality in front of goal is or has been phenomenal this season for napoli and i think uh, if United chucked a good 60, 70 million, maybe even more at, at Napoli, he would be a, a fantastic signing. Hey, Rob, let's move around the grounds. Let's go to Chelsea. They've only won two of their last 15 in all competitions. How long do you think Graham mm. Potter gets to turn the side around? Again, that's a it's a really interesting one. It's an interesting scenario to to keep an eye on. Bright, uh, Chelsea, I should say. So Brighton, he was obviously there before and he worked wonders at the Amex, but uh, since his move to Chelsea, it hasn't really gone to plan for him yet, spending so much money on so many players, if you like. Um, and it's, it almost feels like at the moment, Chelsea's a big team of individuals with not much gel and not much um, sort of teamwork going on on the pitch. Um, and obviously the results haven't been coming in for him. They've been losing uh, the majority this season. Actually, they're winless in five, of course. They've only won eight games this season. Um, and Potter is un- is no doubt under a bit of pressure now, but I think it's it's an interesting one because the, the Brighton job, it took him time to settle. It took him time to sort of get his system in place. Um, but once it was in place, Brighton were flying. So I think with Chelsea, their board seem very open to that idea. They seem open to giving him time um, to sort of try and continue to work uh, the gradual process and sort of integrate the, his style onto those players. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting to see how, how much longer he will have left if they if they can't keep getting any points or keep, can't keep winning, if you like. Yeah, I don't see it going on for any longer, knowing how ruthless they are there in the football Premier well, League. Football's a winning business, sure, isn't yeah. it? It's a winning business. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a business game, and he's when you're not winning, you, you the business is suffering. And I know Chelsea fans are suffering as well. But we're going to talk to talk about Newcastle. Do you think their owners will be satisfied with their team simply making the Carabao Cup final? Obviously, a big investment they made a few years back. Are they happy? Uh, I think I think they have they have no means to be unhappy. Um, I think Newcastle mm. last season, obviously they've sort of when they've been in the Premier League, they've sort of been sort of the mid-table, lower mid-table, flirting with relegation even at times. Um, so for the for the Newcastle fans, I'm sure they'll be very excited. They'll see that as only the start of what could be a brilliant era for them. The the Saudi owners have come in. Everybody knows how rich they are. Um, and with the team that they've started putting together already, the 
the work that Eddie Howe is doing with that squad and behind the scenes. I think it's a very, very exciting time to be a Newcastle United fan at the moment. And let's talk title race, Rob. You've got Arsenal, you've got Man City, you've got Man United, and I'm picking maybe the red get up over the blue and the and the Arsenal. What do you reckon? Uh, again, it's going to be a fascinating end to the season. Arsenal are, are, are flying. They they do look like a very good team. They the season they've been having under Arteta has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard scoring twenty seven goals between them so far. Um, they're they're absolutely cruising. But then you, it is always hard to look past teams like Manchester City, especially with twenty seven goal Erling Haaland in their attack. Um, they're almost certainly going to be their closest challengers. Um, towards the end of the season. But like you say, if United keep scoring and keep winning, then there's absolutely no reason why they can't pounce on any on any slack from the, the two teams above them. So I think we are in for a very intriguing end to the season. But I'm all for it because it's, it's always more exciting when a team doesn't run away with it. And you've always got a couple of teams that are sniffing about that could sort of pop in and move up a few places at any given moment. So I think we're in for an absolutely thrilling end to the season. Just quickly, I'm going to circle back before we let you go to Manchester United. There's been signs. I'm, I'm unsure you can confirm this if they have sold the club to Qatari investors. Uh, that is something I'm not aware has been confirmed just yet. I know they've obviously been linked um, to that. Um, it's, a, it's a story that's interesting. They, I think they received a mm. bid from the Qatari investors. Sir Jim Ratcliffe was also interested. Um, the deadline passed not too long ago but it's it's certainly a situation to keep an eye on and again if it happens then United can be very excited with or potentially very excited with how high their club can can get back to them if they can become another or return to being a European heavyweight yeah that, that's the question there I just just want to ask you like is it a good thing that a lot of these investors are coming from Saudi, Qatar? You, uh, do you see it as a positive for the league? Or, or do you see... How do you see this shaping up for the future? Um, again, it's it's very interesting. I think for the Premier League, it's a, it's a good thing. I think the, the attraction, the money, the players are going to come over. Um, so in terms of the fans' quality, they'll get to see the best players at all times in, in, the, in most teams. Um, but in terms of actual the competition itself, um, it does sort of cast a bit of shadow for the teams lower down. You look at um, teams like Southampton, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, not the two sort of financially heavy clubs, um, whether the sort of competition would be lost if you're going to almost turn into what the French League has, where you've always got a couple of teams that are right up at the top um, come the end of the season. But I think in terms of the Premier League as a brand, it's certainly a good thing to have the interest from from people like that that are coming in to invest in football clubs. Um, and also for, for other leagues around Europe, they'll be looking at it thinking, well, they could be left behind here um, with with sort of financial firepower, if you like. So it's um, for the Premier League, it's I think it's a good thing. But for the rest of Europe and potentially the competition side, it's it does have its worries. Yeah, beautiful, Rob. We appreciate your time on the show, talking football up there in the north, and we appreciate all the insights. Uh, thanks so much, mate. You're a freelance English uh, football writer and commentator for the Premier League, and, and we appreciate it coming on, Izzy and Kempi. Thanks so much, mate. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me on. appreciate it. Yes, every kid practices the good old-fashioned dummy cut to win a game. I 
And I did that a hundred times in my own backyard growing up. And for Brady Rush yesterday, the fantasy became reality. How good. The All Black Sevens have gone back to back and notched up another tournament win in the LA to have them leading the Seven Circuit for this season. And we've just passed the halfway mark. Eric Rush is a Sevens legend, and he also probably saw Brady simulate today's tournament winner time and time again growing up. Morning, Rushy. How are you today? Morning, lads. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How well are the guys going at the moment? Yeah, they've, they've sort of had a bit of a groove, haven't they? They uh, made a lot of finals uh, the last year or so, but they've, they're actually starting to, to, to nail them now, which is, which is only going to grow their culture. Nothing builds culture like winning, eh? Hundred percent in hard work, which you were known for, Rushy. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Doc. They say in the horse game, breeding and genetics is key. Well, he's got, young Brady Rush has got some pretty good genetics behind him. Was he destined for the big time from an early age? Did you see it? Oh, I don't think anyone's destined for it. He's, uh, I, was, yeah. I wasn't gifted genetically, to be honest. You know. Look at Jonah and fellas like that. It's genetics, man. Uh, but what they, I guess, what they got from me was uh, was was work ethic, I guess, because you know, both mm. work to get my way there. You're probably the same, you too. So, you know, yeah, it always helps to to have that little bit of uh, physical uh, positive on your side. You know, it's the hard work that gets you there in the end. What do you, what are you seeing, um, Rushy? You know, like the modern day footballer, they, well, I don't see them not lacking fitness, um, but what are you seeing from your point of view, given that you'd played so so much football back in the day to today's modern footballer? Oh, I, I think, geez, every code, they're bigger, stronger and faster, but mm. but they should be, you know, they're in the gym all day and they're training, <laughs> training full time, you know. <laughs> the, um, some, my young fella asked me if I'd, ask, if I'd last in today's games. And, and I said, that, that's the wrong question, mate. The question you should be asking is if you'd last in our day. You know? Yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> everything around the eyeballs was fair game, you know? So, uh, <clears throat> so it's, it's totally different, but uh, they're definitely better athletes nowadays. Uh, you know, they just you know, stronger and faster. And, uh, you know, when I hear some of the, the, the hits in that from the sideline, I was in Hamilton and, man, geez, I think, geez, I don't know if I'd like to be out there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a total different game now, and you, you did right. The the training has changed a hell of a lot from back in the day when Titch was making you run around three hundred kilometres of of yeah, pavements throughout yeah. the day. They're in yeah. the gym now. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what's what's your take on on the changing of, of the kind of the game that is sevens? It is a more physical, you know, set piece orientated game. Are you a fan of it? Do you enjoy it, or are you are you real uh, old school? Go back and just run all day. Yeah, I I, I like that. That's what was the attraction of sevens. You know, there wasn't that same uh, that uh, same set that set bloody piece thing and and all that sort of stuff. It was, it was it, for me, it was a was a was a release to get away from fifteens and have a bit of fun. You know, um, although, but uh, the games the games are pretty good. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I actually don't think the games changed that that much. You know, it's just. Uh, hmm. But in our day, there was us in Fiji, and, and every now and then Africa would be good, or Aussie would be good, or England would be good. 
but really it was us in Fiji. Now, Jesus, like six, six teams that have got a real good chance to win it, you know. that That's the best part about today's game. When you look at the game, in terms of, of New Zealand's sevens team, like they, they struggled over the last couple of years, they'll be the first to admit that. They've probably been lacking the firepower that they got at their disposal now. What have you made the... What do you think the difference has come down to this year? They've got some quality players throughout, but what do you pinpoint it down to? Is it Laidlaw's style of coaching? What is it? I, I, I actually think they're match fit. They're getting match fit now. You know, it's um, mm. they've always had the players there, and I still think Samoa, Africa, Aussie, uh, Fiji. I think they're still fitter than us in terms of match fitness. But we, we've got we've just got those Roderick Solos and and and. Um, and those boys that can turn the game on its head, you know. Rockley saw man, he's he's bloody oh. magic feet, you know. And 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 but now they can track back seventy meters to make a tackle, get up and score at the other end, you know, and, and, and they they weren't doing that at the at the start of this year or the end of last year. But they they've got their match fitness now, so I think they've got the balance right. Um but the Fijians and Aussie and all that, they started the year off on a real bang because they were that much fitter than us. Uh, but we've caught them. We've caught them. And now, now we're seeing the results because we've, you know, New Zealand's always got good football players. Yeah, match, match fitness is a big one, eh, Rushy? But then when you put that and you add the talent and you add the, the, the modern-day footballer, like I'm watching the Sevens at the moment and some of the footwork and decision-making is first-class um, yep. Do you think the depth in New Zealand will is basically okay? It's we're going to be able to hold that going into the future. Yeah, I don't know if it's okay. It, was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like in our day where everyone stayed. You know, that, that, that's the hard part for New Zealand is, is, is a lot of those guys who maybe not the All Black level, but the guys underneath are they're all getting sucked over to the major league rugby in America and Japan's always a real attractive option. And, and it, it's it's not just all backs either, it's the guys just under. And hey yeah, we've got a lot of good football players but our depth is not it's not uh, inexhaustible, you know, it's uh, it's gonna start hurting soon. A lot of those boys are young, mate, you know, they they're very young. So we've got a we've got a lot of older guys with Joey and Sam Dixon and Collier and those and the likes of Timmy Milkerson, but the, 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 the rest of the group are, are pretty young, you know. Like Brady's probably the oldest of, of the young brigade, and he's 23. So yeah, there's a big there's a big gap in between them, and it's hard because yeah, they haven't got a they haven't got a, a a system for them to come through now. Now it's just Clark ringing up provincial unions and say, "Hey, man, you got any good young fellas? You know, mm. there's no nationals anymore. You can't see them anymore." Yeah. Yeah, they need to bring that Nationals back. When they moved it from Queenstown, it was probably the worst thing they could ever do. Yeah. Anyway, Rushy, yeah, yeah. another sport sure. that is close to Kempi. Did you ever think about having a run at that league, having a crack? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I think Kempi was still playing when um, I got a, I got invited up to Bradford Northern to, uh, yeah. to go and have a look around. I played for the Barbers at Twickenham, and uh, they came to the hotel, and so they took me up to Bradford Northern, and... And then when I got back, um, Lowy rang me from Manly, and 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 he was good man because he said, "Look, if you're going to come just for the money, don't come at all. You got to come because you want to play rugby league." And you know, to be honest, it was would have been the only reason I went was for the money because man, I was traveling <laughs> the world playing sevens and you know having a good old time. But and then we started getting paid, so it was like, well, you know, I'm probably sticking. And my old man was really good because because you know we weren't getting paid. 
But he said to me, uh, he says, boy, your great, great, great grandkids won't have a flipping idea how much money you ever had. But yeah. he played for the All Blacks <laughs> in, in, in the New Zealand Sevens. They'll always remember that. Yeah. So that's why I never went to Japan. That's why I never went to France. I just stayed and tried to stay in the jersey for as long as I could. Well, that's obviously right. when Lowy told you Best that legacy. When not, Lowy told you that, Rushy didn't tell. He didn't say the same to Ridgie because Ridgie went for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we all know what Ridgie's like. Eh? <laughs> hey, mate, just quick, just quickly, the um, the Eddie Jones and the defensive coaches that they're choosing for rugby league. I know that you were the first in New Zealand with the sevens. You you got me out there to help you and um, yeah. touch yeah, along. Right. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh mate, all the all the all the moves, uh, all the defence uh, guys are, 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 are ladies now. You can see it, and 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 now all that backdoor play—that's all league stuff too. Mm. You because know, the only way to be the league defence is to run league moves. You know, yeah. I don't know what they call it, Kepi, but when you got the guy running down down hard and 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 then the ball's going out the back, I don't know what you guys call that in league, but uh, every team's doing it now, and there's back so ball. many variations to play off it. It's just called a backdoor, eh? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've been watching the Japanese teams for the last two or three years, man. They do it real well, eh? And, and the Irish are now, now taking it to a different level. But that's where we need to go, man. But uh, last year, that was disappointing to me about the All Blacks. We didn't change anything, eh? But the game has changed, yeah. man. you got to get onto that. That league defense is hard to break. So, they run the league moves. Makes sense, I think. Yeah. Totally agree, Rushy. Mate, we appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your insights. Well done with uh, New Zealand Sevens as well. They're back in the winner's circle. But uh, all the best, mate. I hope things are uh, are doing okay in your, your part of the world. Thanks so much. All good, brothers. Catch up, mate. There he is, Eric Rush, talking Sevens from the legend himself. Right now we're going to talk to a true legend. He's one of the greatest all-rounders to ever play the game and I'm sure has been watching the latest version of his team very closely since our mate Baz got involved. He has deep appreciation for good wine, I know he does for sure, and beautiful golf courses. So it's no surprise to find Sir Ian Botham here in New Zealand for the New Zealand Golf Open. Good morning, Sir Ian. How you doing? All right, Izzy. How are you, mate? Oh, very good, Beefy. I, I kicked on last night, so I'm feeling a little bit under the weather today, but that's okay. We're another big day of heading to the courses, mate. How you doing? You're back down under. You love this country, don't you? Yes, I do, mate. I absolutely adore it. I, I find it... Uh, it's a, I've worked uh, quite hard for about three months in uh, Aussie, and then uh, yep. my, my reward yep. is to come down here for a month and do some fishing, catch up with you guys bit of golf uh, in the New Zealand Open, which is just uh, one of the great tournaments in the world, for, particularly for the amateurs, because we all mix in. And uh, it's very social, as you know, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and it's Kempe. Hey, so just tell us a little bit about the social side of things. How does Izzy go? Is it like is he concentrating on the golf or is he concentrating on spending more time with you? Well, he's whinging a bit at the moment because he's, he's <laughs> moaning about his knee. Yeah, and I said to him, "Look, I've just had a new knee put in, and it's the best thing I've ever done. It's fantastic." And I said, to him, "He says, well, I'm 34." I said, "Well, don't worry, the new knee will definitely outlive you. That is for sure." So, uh, yes, yeah, so I told him to get on with it. He said, "I'm 34. I can't get in a buggy." I said, "Yes, you can, especially on the new back nine. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to seeing that this morning. Uh, but uh, we might have to get some couple of donkeys over there to drag him up the hill." But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Clydesdales. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Clydesdales. The donkeys won't yeah, carry yeah. me up. 
Yeah, beefy. Nah, look, I'll, I'll take your advice. I've asked Hermione to see what we can do, but, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I'm 34. I'll, I'll be frowned upon if I get in that buggy. But anyway, mate, you, you're down under. You'll be watching a wee bit of cricket in between the Chardonnays. What, what do you think? How's, how's today going to play out for you, mate? Um, well, we're going to shoot about, well, warming up with five or six under today. Uh, for the tournament, but uh, England, I, I think England are exciting, mate. They're exciting now. They're, they're box office, mm. and uh, yeah, I expect them to win today. Wrap it up. But one thing's for sure: they're not going to they're not going to shut down the shutters. They're going to uh, they'll try and win it. That's the way they think. That's the way they play, and it's the way you should play the game. You know, once you get become scared of losing, then you've got a problem. They're not scared of losing. They're quite happy to go for it. So. Should be a good day, 250 runs or 230 runs, whatever they need, with nine wickets in hand. Um, yeah, I'd expect them to do it. The pitch is obviously uh, flattened out a bit, uh, looking at the scores and uh, big effort from the Kiwi boys, which is good, because it would have been very easy to just roll over and uh, let England just, you know, after the first innings, just stomp all over you. But no, not at all. Uh, so good on them for making it a contest. Uh, but I have a feeling that it's a contest that England will win. Yeah, just on the Kiwi side, you know, like we've we've had our had our doubters and and people are struggling with with the kind of cricket, but we can't compare because, you know, England are, are in a different mindset; they're in a different realm at the moment. They're playing extremely confident cricket. But for the Kiwis, what are you pin, pin it down to for them, and and kind of how do they change um, and get some success out of their game? Well, I, I did a thing with Mike Hessen yesterday, um, former coach, and uh, it was interesting talking to him. And he just said, you know, I agree with him entirely. And that is that test cricket needs to be played in this way. It needs to be exciting. Uh, you know, I'd like to think in the era that we played, we were aggressive. But these guys have taken it to another dimension, which is great. Uh, and it's good. And selling out, you, you were struggling to sell test match tickets, you know, five years ago, six years ago. Uh, when, when the days when we used to turn up and say play in Calcutta and 140,000 people, 100 inside, 40,000 in Eden Gardens, uh, listened to on transistor, that, those days have disappeared. But they're back. They're coming back. Mm. I, I noticed that the game in Delhi, uh, where Australia got hammered, which is always a shame, isn't it? But uh, anyway, they got uh, absolutely stuffed by uh, India. And but the thing was, there was a big. The crowds were back. And it's the same here at Wellington. The game's been sold out. It'll probably be sell out again today. I know it's a smaller ground, uh, only about five, five, six thousand or whatever. But um, it's good to see the crowds coming back. And that, and if you play attractive cricket, it's like any sport. It's like the rugby that the All Blacks have pioneered for years and years. Uh, it, it's it's good. People want to watch that and see it and see it uh, played at a high level. And so, yeah, I think uh, New Zealand. Uh, you know, Kane Williamson, another good knock from him. He's, he's been there or thereabouts, number one in the world for many years now. Uh, Tim South, he's still going. But these guys, I think you know, they would like to um, generate the enthusiasm that he's seeing from the England team. And do you think that, that on top of that, uh, the Baz scenario and the Ben Stokes scenario, um, being Kiwi boys, has has filled the stadiums and 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 what's your thoughts on having Baz and and Ben um, leading the English way of life? Fantastic, 
<laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I, I think it's the best thing we've we've done for years. Uh, look, Ben has <laughs> firmly made his home in the UK. He's plays for Durham. I'm chairman of Durham. And I've seen his uh, progression, which has been somewhat rapid, but fantastic. Uh, he's a breath of fresh air. He's got time for the kids. He, he spends time uh, a lot of doing a lot of stuff uh, that people don't know about. He just gets on with it. Uh, he he is uh, fantastic, and it's great. And when he's when he's not playing for England, and he's back in, at home in Durham, he'll wander into the ground most mornings and see the guys. And uh, he's got a four days off or five days off before he reports back with England. He, he drops in. He drops in to see the guys, and he's very much part of the club, and, and that's good to see. It's refreshing. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think the combination when you and when Bears loves a wine, so he's good. <laughs> Baz, <laughs> I think it, I thought. Look, I tell you how good Baz is. That the the story is that they had a four day practice game. He cut it down to two because his horse was running somewhere, one of his horses. <laughs> and uh, the boys all piled in there, and they went and played golf for two days. And look at the attitude, though. It's good. It, you know, it brings out the best. You don't need nets every day in training. It's good. It's refreshing. Oh, it's so good. Dennis Bears through and through to a T. And we're going to see him. Well, he was hoping to get down here Monday, but he'll be disappointed with the follow-on. And hopefully he'll wrap be it up depressed. really quick today. He'll be highly depressed. <laughs> he'll be highly depressed at the yeah, He was expecting to be down yeah, here two days be... ago. <laughs> yeah, he'll be, he'll be fuming. We've had a quote. Uh, one of our listeners is absolutely loving this. He sent one of his favourite Ian Botham quotes on Mike Getting. He could have eaten for England. Legend. Thanks, boys. Andrew. <laughs> Mate, you would have had some fun back in the day, Beefy. Like, talk to us about some stories. You know, I've been reading, I've been hearing stories from everyone. You're an absolute character. Charismatic was the word that was pinpointed to, to Ian Botham. Mate, tell us some stories. Well. Well, mate, the, the, the problem is they say to me, well, you, you're an all-rounder. I had to be an all-rounder because for a simple reason, the boredom threshold is very low. And so if, <laughs> if, if, if I wasn't bowling, batting or uh, in the slips, was, it's nonstop. And, uh, they were worried because you know, I used to put things like you know, cut holes in socks and they pull the socks on and suddenly it's up around their knee. You know, I put, used to put that. Do you remember that stuff, Fiery Red Jack? Yeah, it's, it was like yeah, hot yeah. stuff. I used to put it in the jock straps. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So the boys, the boys needed to keep me occupied. Oh, that's good. And what? And is there any? Um, oh, so you know, in your time when you were playing, and is there any any stories from a Kiwi that stand out? Like you, you come home and and well, you come back. How to was New Smithy? How was Smithy? Give us one of those ones. Smithy, well, Smithy, mate, he he is larger than life, literally. You know, he is. Uh, <laughs> As fact, as as I'm speaking, I've just got a message come through from Smithy. Yes, yeah, so I won't read it out. But anyway, um, he's obviously listening somewhere. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, he's um, uh, Smithy was great to work with. But he was he was a character. He's, he's he's just one of those guys. He's a fantastic commentator, one of the best I've worked with ever. And um, no, he's great. But it's hard to imagine him now behind those stumps, isn't it? Yeah, with the pads yeah. on and the gloves. <laughs> 
I was waiting for that. You've been too nice, Beefy. You've been too nice. You just have to have a wee stab there. I can't talk, mate. I wouldn't be good on that rugby field at the back. I'd be good on the front row, but that's all right. Beefy, look, we <laughs> you know you're into your wine. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mate. Oh. We, don't need, we don't need a hooker. <laughs> oh, we don't need a hooker. Hey, uh, you're a wine collector, mate. Can you tell us a bit about your love and passion for wine? Well, we, we just... Um, sold our house at home and we're, we're uh, renting at the moment because my wife's going to uh, her project she's going to uh, build a house similar to the one we we have up here in that we use up here i should say and uh, we've rented now for the last few years coming to uh, down to queenstown but no uh, i had a good seller and then my um eldest uh, grandson regan has been in charge of it so i'm not quite sure what's left <laughs> so I'm going to have to go down and have a look at some stage. But he took what he said. I'll look after it, Granddad. No problems. I'll look after it. Yeah, I just hope he has. We'll see. <laughs> hey, and the rumor mill is circling. Are you going to make the shift, mate? You love our country that much. You're keen to come over and spend even more time. Uh, if I had my way, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, <laughs> Kath, Kath <laughs> she, she's. Uh, if it wasn't for grandchildren, I think she'd consider it. But um, I think because yeah. the grandchildren, and uh, which we have eight, and there's a couple haven't started yet, so God knows what we'll end up with. But um, <laughs> no, it's it's it, it is somewhere special. And I think at the moment, you know, we can, we get down here for most years for about a month uh, when your borders are open, which is um, which is great to see now because obviously a lot of people would have struggled with uh, t- tourism and farming being your a couple of the main things. So it's nice to see New Zealand ticking over again now. And uh, we enjoy coming down. It's something special. Um, we come down for the tournament. Uh, we catch up every year, as, as you know. And, uh, yep. you know, it, it's, it's special. It is special. Well, it's always good to have you and Kat down under. And uh, we just had a quick message before we let you go from Richard. He says, does Beefy catch up with any of his old Kiwi cricketing mates? Um, well, I, I usually usually I drive down. So when I, I usually fly into Auckland, pick up the car, and then we drive all the way down over the, on the ferry and make it a two-day event and catch up with friends in Wellington and Christchurch. Of course, this year with a cyclone and the damage done mm. to the ferries, it's not been possible, so we had to fly straight down. But normally, if we go and pass Christchurch in that area, we'll uh, see Paddles, uh, who's uh, yeah. recovered uh, recovered well, it appears, um, from his problems. Uh, that's catch up with him. Um, we've been known to raid uh, Smithy's uh, residence, but your neck of the woods as well, which is very sad what's happened there. And mm-hmm. uh, all our best wishes go out to the people of uh, Hawke's Bay and that region. Um, so, um, you yeah, know, that's, you know, again, that we haven't been able to do that. And uh, mm-hmm. we've got friends in Christchurch, and we wanted to go and see those. But sadly, they'll have to wait till next year. Oh, you come to Christchurch, you love your fishing, Beefy. I've got a, I've got a wee jet boat there. I'll take you out and try and catch a salmon, all right? All right. Game on. Waimakaru, is that the river? Okay. Waimak? That has the salmon yeah, running? Yeah, Waimakariri. Waimakariri yes. and the Rakaia River. There's salmon running. There's plenty to boot. We've just got to try and catch them, so hopefully I can lead you into it, mate. We appreciate you coming on, seeing both of them. Pleasure. I'll see you at uh, the hole-in-one for a Chardonnay around two. Thank you. All right. Good on you. Thanks, Izzy. Cheers, boys. Cheers. <laughs> How good. Yeah.
There he is, Sarem, both of them. Well, Smithy was listening, and obviously he's fired in a harsh text pan us out, I reckon, so uh, he didn't want to read that one out, did he? You reckon, Louis? Oh, I think he did. There's, uh, as soon as he said it, I won't read that one out. I almost can envision yeah. the words. <laughs> exactly. Don't talk to those Muppets. Yeah, like those, that. What, are, what are you doing with those clowns or something to that effect? <laughs> 100%. Oh, it's always good to have Beefy Old Sam, both of them. And, uh, yeah, for someone that's achieved so much, he's got a good heart. He's got a good personality. And yeah, he's very good for New Zealand Golf Open. We're very lucky to have him down under. And uh, it's great to see him uh, catching up and reconnecting. And his, and his message for the for New Zealand, that just that was, that was a real you know, nice paints touch. a picture of him. Yeah, mm. very nice touch. And a great chat. Is, I was like a lot of the texters that were listening, like, what a legend. I mean, I'm just sitting here <laughs> listening to him talk about his his career, but hey, how he just rattled off like he was a guy next door. You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy's got every, like you mm. said, he's a lord, he's a sir, and uh, I'll jump in my car when I get to Auckland, I'll drive down two days. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, mate, how good. I'd love to be in the back seat. The rumour mill with Izzy and Campbell. Come here, open the door, put your golf polo on and your belt that looks really expensive with your nice shoes, Adidas. Come into the rumour mill, clippity-clop, NRL edition, Kempi, and I've got one for you. One of my spies in Peter Volandi's office has told me where the 18th franchise is going. Really? Carpentry. Why did we ever doubt you? New stadium. Where? It's going to Christchurch. It's been confirmed. Yeah, baby. Been confirmed? The Southern Bears. It's back. It's back on the table. (laughs) Jitter in the background. Bit of chatter. Oh, mate. That would be. Are you serious? Who'd you hear that the rumor from? You, you were in, in, in the spies with Colin Mansbridge, were you? Colin Vlandes, oh. our chairman from North Sydney Bears, who I, his name escapes me. They're going to use a Hoka Rugby Club as a home base, nicknamed the Pukikos. Got the right colours too. The North Sydney Bears, red and black. The Crusaders, red and black. Bring them on, the Southern Bears. Mm. Yeah, what are you hearing, Kimpy? Yeah, well, Where I'm is hearing. Is it back? That's a look. If it's on the table, then more players are going to have to come to the front. But I'm hearing like this is this one's coming out of uh, out of Sydney. Uh, you know how Richie Barnett started for the Warriors in the front row this week. Well, I've heard that there's a little whisper that there's a major signing coming. If it's not going to get here this year, but for next year, a marquee middle signing. And I'm putting my money on. Jared Warrior Hargreaves or David Fafita. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. That would be a coup big for money the, for the Warriors. Those two big well, you got Sean Johnson oh. coming. You've got Sean Johnson coming off contract and they've got plenty to spend after letting Lodge, Murdoch, Masala, Penny go. So they're throwing all their money in. Apparently, so I'm hearing. A marquee signing. I love it. 
absolutely love it. I, I'm going to go a little bit off topic here, lads. A little bit off topic. Um, there's a reason why. So I'm obviously down here, and, and the one and only Stephen, the Oracle Fleming, is around. <laughs> so the rumours are circling. Obviously, well, what's going on in the Black Caps? You know, there's been demand for change. So the rumour has been circling. And, and there's another cricketer down here as well. I'm hearing these rumours that Flem wants it. Flem wants The Warriors it. coaching job. And he's got a... <laughs> no, 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 no. The Black Caps job. I'm hearing it. That Flem wants the job. And I'm doing I'm only hearing things, but there's... And, and he's got some pretty good ammo at his disposal. A, a Nathan Astle. There's going to oh. go and take the batting team so the rumour <laughs> I cannot confirm it but there might have been a few of your vinos drunk wow. and it might have spilled out here or there Flem wants it Flemo can they afford him who, who knows Flemo. the rumour mill doesn't the, 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 hey, there's no about the money. there's no accountants in the rumour mill it's not about the money um, it's, not, it's, it's not about the money Kempi I do have one more rugby league one for you and um I heard this last year, but I just couldn't quite corroborate it. But it just started to circle back again in time for Origin. It seems mad to me, but they're going to allow a dispensation for each Origin team to pick one Kiwi. Mm. Yeah. Apparently. Because they're already poaching. Because you know how they love to poach. You know, the Australians love to poach other kind of nations-based yeah. players they're anyway. They're poachers, those poachers. Yeah, they're poachers. But, so they're just going to start big... They're going to start letting people poach and you're actually allowed a dispensated New Zealander. So so they, the Blues had Joey Manu, like, almost locked up. Oh, he's obviously the number one. He's the number one pick. And the and the Queenslanders, don't worry, they'll be, out, they'll be out the back door. They'll be trying to get, you know... Probably, oh, Ponga. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Ponga's already there, but they'll be trying... <laughs> They'll be trying to get someone, you know, like a Fisher Harris. You know, they love big, big, mean forwards. So, um, it's a good one, Louis. It's going to happen. Put it that way. That rumor, that'll be. Now this ain't a rumor. Now this ain't a rumor. This is confirmed. Sonny Bill Williams is making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Is he the Warriors market right. shining? <laughs> what sport? There what you go. Game? You have to you have to stay tuned to find out where he's going, all right? Sonny Bill Williams is making a comeback. There you go. You heard it here first. It is here keep people breakfast. I've got the gravy. Stay tuned. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> I'm gonna can't get, beat that. I can't. There's mate. The room might oh look, my head's swirling. Southern Bears coming to the comp. Sonny Bill Williams is the first marquee signing. They miss out on David Feeder. He goes to the left edge. Warry Hargreaves joins him at the front row. Um, yeah, and maybe Sean Johnson gets another five years contract down in the Southern Bears. R- <laughs> Rumour rumor has it that, that Smithy didn't just call you clowns and muppets when he texted Siri and both of them 20 minutes ago. Can we get that text? <laughs> well, 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 he's coming up. We'll ask him. <laughs> he's coming up, and we'll ask him to repeat... What he said to him, both of them. So we all know. So we got, we want it in the front, not the back, eh, Kempi? That's right. Walk into it. Don't get hit on the back of the head with it. Okay. All right. Hopefully I don't hit anyone in the crowd because yesterday all my balls were spraying into the into the into the into the roped off areas. So good luck if you're coming down. <laughs>